0: Today's New Testament reading comes from Matthew, chapter 12, verses 1 through 21. At that time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat? nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here, and if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He went on from there and entered their synagogue. And a man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him? He said to them, Which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him, how to destroy him. Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there, and many followed him, and he healed them all, and ordered them not to make him known. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not quench, until he brings justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will hope. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome the Reverend William Weiss.
1: I am not a sailor, and neither was my dad. But one of the pieces of advice which he gave me when I was a young boy has a little bit of nautical history to it. It goes like this. Red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky at morning, sailors take morning. Believe it or not, this little phrase has been used as a meteorological tool by sailors and sea captains for at least 2,000 years. And guess what? It actually works. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a red night sky turn into a beautiful day and a red morning sky into an overcast and rainy one. But did you know that the most significant use of this expression wasn't spoken by a sailor at all? Certainly this man was very familiar with ships and water, but he was more of a shepherd than a navy man. This phrase was spoken by Jesus in today's reading. Recall that the Pharisees and Sadducees had heard of his chapter 15 feeding of the 4,000 as well as many other miracles, but these were not sufficient for them. If you are the Messiah, God made flesh, then show us a sign. But they did not ask this so they might see Jesus' glory. Rather, they wanted signs of their own choosing. They mocked Jesus. If we don't choose this sign, then it's not real. And bear in mind that if Jesus did do what they asked, they would use it to entrap and arrest him. So this is Jesus' response. When it's evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. In other words, you guys have no problem whatsoever in reading these natural signs, signs which I, the Creator, have given you. So why can't you interpret these miracles I do today? They are no different. You are so wicked and self-centered. If you do not receive my miracles and wonders, as well as the ones my prophets sent to you, then there's nothing else I can do for you. My friends, many people in our world today ask for signs, for evidence of God's truth in existence. And guess what? God's baptized children do too. One of the strongest themes of 20th and 21st century Christianity has been trying to figure out when our Savior will return for us. On the face of it, this is not a bad thing. Jesus himself told us to watch and wait for his return. But what we are not to do is to spend large amounts of our time trying to interpret Scripture in such a way that we can precisely predict when Christ will return. Do Christians do this? You bet. Most of you can recall the blood moon from a few weeks ago. This is a rare occurrence and some pastors in our country were saying this was a set your watch sign that Jesus was coming very soon. There have been many other such predictions down through the centuries. But is Christ's return? The answer is no. These predictions lead people astray just like the words of the religious leaders of Jesus' time. And most important of all, they are inconsistent with the words of Jesus himself. Later in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says these words, But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. My friends, if Jesus, the very Son of God himself, does not know the time of his return, then why should I or any other Christian try to predict it like some kind of magician or fortune teller? Well, certainly we should not. Instead, from the moment of our baptism until our last moments on earth, we must live our Lord's summary of his commandments. Namely, to love the Lord our God with everything we've got and love our neighbor as ourselves. Yet experience has shown us that we are not very good at doing either thing. Therefore, we look to the only signs that really matter, the word and sacraments of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it all starts here in our Lord's house. When you come here, God changes your selfish and sinful nature through his proclaimed word and his precious body and blood. This in turn makes it possible to forget about yourself and concentrate on him and worship him. This, my friends, is what the Christian life is all about. Serve God, serve your neighbor. This is where true joy and contentment are to be found. And believe me, when you heed the Holy Spirit's call to live your life in a God-pleasing way, you most certainly won't be bored. Thanks be to God. Amen.